It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Ottawa has two restricted free agents left to sign. And in a somewhat surprising move today, one of them decided to change agents. And we're getting back to our Sun Central Citizen segment on today's show. We welcome on Dan Tate. Fantastic conversation with Dan. Plus, yesterday it was announced that Trent Mann is leaving the Senators organization. So what do we make of this mass exodus? Will it continue? And what are the extra circumstances surrounding this departure? That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 840 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. We also hope you like and subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're also available wherever you download your podcasts. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, and Pilsy, friend of the show, Igor Sokolov, still without a contract, and now he's being represented by Andy Scott from Octagon Hockey. Yeah, definitely an interesting move from Igor here, but look, if you look at that cap-friendly page for the Ottawa Senators, everybody's getting deals, everybody's getting signed. There's still just Shane Pinto and Igor Sokolov uh, for RFAs that are without a contract right now, so... You know, my guess is things weren't going the way that Igor wanted and he wanted to shake up his representative simply just to have a new approach. I'm sure it was nothing personal or anything like that, but it's just a matter of, hey, this isn't going the way I want. And this is a big, big contract for Igor is first off of his entry level contract. So he's going to want to make sure this gets done right. So this is an interesting move for sure. His previous agent with OLP Sportsman, they were one of the first agencies that was so good to us. They were also Drake Batherson's agent out of uh, junior hockey as well. We really appreciate them, and I know Igor feels the same way, but they also are a lot more junior-focused. So when you get into these tough negotiations at the NHL level, I think Andy Scott is, is a great representative for him, of course, Octagon Hockey as a whole, it's it's not at the same uh, grandeur as you know um, Newport Sports, but it's it's pretty close, right? Like they have a huge uh, mass representation in terms of different agents under the umbrella. It's run at the top by Mike Liut and Alan Walsh, a name that many will be familiar with. He goes to battle for his clients, and Andy Scott in particular already has a senator on his agency card and that is Jacob Chikrin so we heard from Andy Scott quite a bit when Chikrin was traded to Ottawa and just the excitement Andy Scott's an Ottawa guy himself so I I just think it's a great fit obviously there's more of a relationship between the agent and different general managers including obviously Pierre Dorian he's had clients that have been senators in the past and I just think this will be a step forward and 
I hope Igor is able to get a fair contract. I think that he's in a bit of a strange situation where he doesn't have that many NHL games under his belt, but he's also done everything there is to do in Belleville. So where do you kind of draw the line? Are you expecting this to be a two-way contract? And if so, where do you where do you find the negotiating here? Is it what his minor salary is going to be? I think the best solution that makes sense for both parties, Igor and the Senators, would be a two-year deal. First year, this upcoming season, being a two-way contract with a boosted minor salary. And then the second year, you give him that one way. That I feel like that sends the right message. They did that with Parker Kelly. They've done that a couple different times. Um, and it just sends the message like, hey, we're not sure you're quite at a full-time NHL level just yet, but we believe you're close. So we want to kind of dangle that one way for you next season so you have something to work for and you see that we're committed to you. But we also think that, you know, right now you're at a two-way contract status. So I think you get a bit of both uh, both sides, get a win and both sides compromise there. So that's something that I would be expecting could happen here moving forward. And if it's a two-way contract, you know that he needs to clear waivers either way if you are going yeah. to send him down. I hope he comes in through training camp. We know he's skating with Shelly Kettles, this power skating coach in Ottawa. The guy rented a place in Stittsville. He's locked into being the best he can be, the fastest he can be at training camp. And I really hope he gets a great opportunity to make the team. But if not, like if you're the Senators and you do want to keep him, even if maybe he does start in Belleville, then a higher minor salary also might deter a team from being like, hey, we can just take a flyer on him anyways and bury him down there for, if it is dollars $95,000, $100,000 as his AHL salary. I'm hoping to see it as a one fifty dollars or $175,000 AHL salary. And then league minimum, I think, is is probably the trade-off that you're like, hey, that's a $12,000 pay cut. Not like it's, it's a, I mean, it'd be a decent amount for you and me. It'd be nice to have that. But I think he'd be probably be willing to take that off the cap which would be his qualifying offer, we should mention, at the NHL level for him to get that boosted AHL salary. Similar to what we saw the other day, which is what Kevin Mandelazy signed as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to reference, the Kevin Mandelazy deal, because he got 110 in minor salary and then the minimum in uh, NHL salary. So that's something that I think would make sense. And uh, you, you just saw, like, Belleville, uh, Ryan Bonus put out big, big dollars to bring in AHL free agents. So there's obviously some some money to be spent there and money to be had there. And I don't think that uh, it's too ridiculous for Igor to be like, hey, look at all the stats, franchise uh, stats for Belleville that I'm leading in. Like, don't you think I deserve a bit of a cookie here as well, uh, let alone all these other new guys that are coming in? So we're we're hoping our boy Igor gets a good contract for sure. Yes, and we will find out hopefully sooner rather than later. Same with Shane, Shane Pinto because at this point, like, hey, there's a lot of rumors, and tomorrow we are going to get – it's just such a busy show today, and there's never a dull day as an Ottawa Senators fan. We will get to some forward targets, but to get these targets in the mix, now the Senators will be a cap team. We need to know how much money there is to play with with the caveat that there might be an extra $1.3 million under the pillow if Matt Murray is bought out from the lease, which could still happen because they have Elias Samsonov as a RFA with arbitration. So once an arbitration settlement comes out, a second buyout window opens for that team. So I don't think Ottawa can bank on it, Pilsy, but certainly it could be an option down the road here because the Toronto Maple Leafs are 
almost $9 million over the salary cap right now. Yeah, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but did Matt Murray play for Brad Tree Living's uh, junior-affiliated team back in the day? No, he did not. No, okay, all right, just checking. So we'll see how that goes. Yes, we will absolutely see. So we will discuss different forward options tomorrow. Again, if any news breaks, we also on tomorrow's show, we'll have Philip Nordberg and Oscar Pedersen, a twofer for the people on tomorrow's show, live interview from Development Camp. If you missed yesterday's episode, we had Tyler Clevin on the show. Great kid, really excited for his training camp also. I can't wait. Like, is it October yet? Is it September yet? I'm ready for training camp. I'm ready for the storylines, Pilsy. We need it. We need these battles to come. And I, I really think there's a couple kids ready to break out because, you know, they've been stockpiling picks for the, the, the three years up until two years ago. Now it's time for those guys to develop into the players that are going to help you win games now. Because what's the slogan for the year, Pilsy? Playoffs, no excuses. No excuses. That's just it. And we won't have any excuses but to finish this show strong. So after our Send Central Citizen, we are going to touch on the front office, which is scolding hot. The rumor mill is going crazy. The tweets are coming out, different reports, boots on the ground. I saw this. We saw that. There's photos of this, but he wasn't there. We'll fill you in on all the blanks after our Send Central Citizen. That's coming up next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Guys, summer is here, and if you want to be comfortable, if you want to stay cool and look cool, you can go to Bird Dogs to get some brand new shorts. Ross, we both have the same pairs of shorts from Bird Dogs, and I think we both love them equally because they are so comfortable. They look I great. I love them more. You love them more? Oh, we'll, I love them more. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. We should get a, a day's worn uh, stat going for Bird Dogs to see who loves them more. We'll, we'll see about that because the seams no. of Bird Dogs, the comfort is just unreal. Nice. There you go. And the thing is, the way they're so comfortable is they have a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get that slimmer fit without sacrificing movement and the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You guys have seen me drinking coffee out of mine. You get that with your free uh, with an order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You know we love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub so much. It's basically family every time we walk into the Glebe Central Pub. And this weekend at TD Place, there is so much going on. And the best place to go before is Glebe Central Pub. Now this weekend... At the Glebe Central Pub, live music after the Red Blacks game, 9 p.m. to close. So the Red Blacks are taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at home. The Red Blacks are 1-0 in their last one home game. Mm, That might be wrong. They might have played at home last weekend too. But you know what? The social aspect is what the Red Blacks are all about. And what's better to start socializing than at the Glebe Central Pub? It's a 4 p.m. kickoff. So grab a pint, grab lunch at the Glebe Central Pub beforehand. And then after the game, head right back there. For, uh, on Saturday, it's Overflow Rearview Pilsner is the beer of the day. Live music bent up good from 9 p.m. to midnight. Friday as well, Women's Six Nations at TD Place. Rugby, women's rugby at TD Place. 7 o'clock is that. So they've got what better? Like rugby, Guinness, doesn't that just kind of go hand in hand? Guinness, beer of the day 
at Glebe Central Pub. So many good vibes at Glebe Central Pub. Live music, trivia night. Follow them on social media as well, Glebe Central Pub. And go down to Glebe Central Pub and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. We love our friends. Go find them, 779 Bank Street in the heart of the Glebe. 779 Bank Street. Go check them out. It's the Glebe Central Pub. All right. Now, let's get to episode one of season three. This week, Send Central Citizen here is Dan Tate. All right, we're now very pleased to welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. Basically, starting off season three of our Send Central Citizens, we are going all the way out to the left coast, bringing on Dan Tate. Dan, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Not much. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Dude, it's our pleasure. I see the Send <laughs> sweater hanging up in the background. So my natural question is, How'd you end up in BC? Are you an Ottawa kid at heart? What's the story there? I was born and raised in uh, Arnprior, so just west of Ottawa, and then uh, kind of kicked around Ottawa. I was I was a big fan of Ottawa all my life and played a little bit of house league hockey, um, and then moved out here about 12 years ago out to, yeah, out to Kelowna, BC. Nice. Yeah, we were chatting uh, off air. Uh, I have a love for that area, so I'm a little jealous you're out there, especially Peachland. It's a beautiful spot, that's for sure. So is there still, we know uh, Sense fans usually come out pretty well for the Vancouver games. Uh, is there a good Sense community in the Okanagan at all, or are you uh, just on your own there? It's It's kind of funny. So I started listening to you guys um, last summer when Giroux came through. Nice. Or, or we, we heard about Giroux. So I started, I jumped on, and then here and there, I started seeing Sens shirts and jerseys kind of just pop up last summer. So it's it's bigger than I thought it was. Before, it was just like me and two buddies, and we yeah. just watch Sens games and usually try and bet against our Leafs buddies. But <laughs> <laughs> but now now there's there's a few more of us. We're crawling out of the, out of the woodwork. As we always do with our Sense Central citizens, how'd you become a Sense fan? Like, was it as simple as growing up in Armprior? What are your earliest memories of falling in love with the team? It was, well, I'm going to lose some people here. I started as a Leafs fan. I'm an 87 baby. Okay. I loved, you know, Doug Gilmore. And, but uh, that's enough talk about the Leafs. I, <laughs> my, <laughs> My dad, uh, he owned a company in, in Ottawa and he had, I believe he got season tickets for the inaugural season and has had tickets ever since. So I'm really fortunate I grew up, you know, with access to tickets. So I, I remember seeing the Sens in the Civic Center nice. and then like, you know, the first year that we had the Palladium and then it was Corral Center and stuff like that. So I got to really grow up watching the Sens. My parents are both huge fans. My mom calls, you know, all her favorites, her boys kind of thing. So, um, yeah. So after, after a certain point of exposure to these Sens games, I was like, eh, screw the Leafs. <laughs> so that was an easy cool. transition for you then, eh? There wasn't any kind of uh, mixed emotions about it. It was just like, no, see you later. It was a pretty quick transition, yeah. Nice. I mean, like, I have a hockey card. You know how they used to do hockey cards of us, like, in a in-house league? You yeah, look yeah. like a pro hockey player. Oh, so it, like, lists all my, like, favorite teams, and it was, like, favorite player Lance Pitlick favorite hockey team Toronto Maple Leafs so there was like a weird like <laughs> crossover zone but you know. yeah Ro Ross is gonna show you something here oh yeah I got something for you 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lance Pitlick, that's a good throwback name. So yeah, that's that's interesting. And it's it's good your parents made the switch too, because I find sometimes the the parents are like, Yeah, we live in Ottawa, sure, this new NHL team is here, but like we're Leafs or Habs fans, like we're not changing. So I'm glad as a family you guys all came together and became Sense fans. Totally. My mom was a big Bruins fan. She loved like Cam okay. Neely and Ray Bork yeah. and yeah. But she got converted pretty pretty thoroughly <laughs> that's good so dan can i can i interest you in one of these yeah that's awesome that's so good <laughs> anytime i pull a lance pitlick jersey out of the closet i have to it's about like a kid small hey uh, a little alternate captain put some respect on lance pitlick's that's, name but that's, that's like an old school era that's like sends are just starting to make the playoffs so my question to you is like were you dialed in before they started to get good like because that couldn't have been that easy this was a pretty bad expansion team for the first few years. Oh, it was. It, yeah, it was terrible. And, like, I was, you know, as dialed in as I could be as, like, a house league hockey player that's also, like, an art nerd. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I'd, I'd go to the games and really, really kind of follow, especially in those exciting series against, like, the Devils and Buffalo and stuff like that. Like, so that, the, I think the when it started becoming exciting playoff hockey is when I really started diving into the team. So, And, and obviously Daniel Alfredson will jump out with that era, but who are some of the unsung heroes who, who really kind of helped your fandom along? Man, I was, I was a huge Wade Redden fan. I was a huge Wade Redden fan. Loved that guy. And actually like I, I recently taught him how to play guitar a couple sessions. No way. He, yeah. I lived out here before he, when he was with the Nashville crew, uh, he was doing scouting for the Nat for Nashville or something like that. Anyways, yep. Um, so I loved Redden. I loved Yorkie. Um, and I was a big fan of Ron Tugnut. <laughs> like, nice. Classic. Yeah. Great, great goaltender, although cursed, <laughs> but great goal, goalie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we got to tell us more about teaching Redden to play guitar. What, what was that like? How did he, how did you guys cross paths? What, what song did he want to learn? Like, uh, it, it can Redden play smoke on the water perfectly now? Like we got to know these things. Okay, so caveat we I guess we did one one lesson at his place. Nice. But he um Wade had seen me play at this music festival, this winter music festival a couple of times. Once once with my old band and once with my current band and nice. um you know, just being such a big fan. I was like I know you. <laughs> he's like, oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, you know, we, we started chatting. He's actually good friends with the bar owner that uh, cool. helps run this festival. So um, we just kind of stayed in contact. And uh, he he expressed interest in learning how to play play some guitar. So it was just, you know, simple stuff like uh, hip songs and, and stuff like that. So nice. uh, went over one day and just got to hang out and chat guitar and showed him, I think it was uh, Wheat King's with oh that's uh, one of my favorites that's that's my karaoke song special wheat kings oh really former brandon wheat king how how to play that's good hell yeah Yeah. paris of the prairies let's go talk about coming full circle though hey as as this guy from our prior getting to teach him out there like did you know when he walked in the bar exactly who he was i mean he's a pretty like noticeable guy red has like this aura about him like when we see him at the rink like you know he's there, and he's like a confident guy, and people like gravitate towards him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a confident guy. He's a smiley guy. Like he's he's easy to smile and easy to kind of chuckle and stuff like that. So um, I I knew for sure. Uh, like in my band, I've got two Leafs fans and kind of like a 
you know, fair weather hockey fan. So right. they didn't really care, but I was like, Oh man, it's Wade. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta play really well. Like Wade's right there, man. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Hope you're enjoying our chat with Dan. We'll get right back to it. But first a word from our friends at FanDuel. Yes. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Lock On podcast network. Uh, did you know it's America's number one sports book? That's pretty sweet. And you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount is bonus bets up to $200. So math guy, 20 bucks, you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. Those green numbers coming up quick. So if you were betting on the NL to finally win the baseball all-star game, well, then you cashed in and you got to see some of those green numbers. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So everyone can follow Dan as well on Instagram, Dan Tate Music. Dan, how do you follow the team while you're on tour? And and is it hard or are you backstage on your phone? Like, how does that all work out? I started, uh, I started really following Twitter uh, just this summer since Giroud jumped onto the sense um, and st- since following you guys uh, and really just kind of discovered the, the magic that is sense Twitter because it's, <laughs> it's, and it's, you know, cause Twitter was never my platform. Like, right. I don't know. I looked at Twitter and I tried to follow news and then I'd try and interact, but you know, it, it seems like this immovable beast unless you jump into a, a really cool community. So um yeah, so I just kind of, while on the road, it's Twitter. Uh, me and my buddy, we we split a Sportsnet Now package so we can cool. watch games pretty much anywhere. Yep. And so it's it's not bad. It's 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 doable this day and age. I don't know how I'd be able to do it back in the day when it was only like CBC Sports on a Saturday night. <laughs> Waiting for the box score in the paper the next day. Like that just seems like <laughs> exactly. a different universe. If, if it's not at my fingertips in 30 seconds, I'll tell you one thing, this show wouldn't exist, which would make yeah, me really totally. sad. So speaking of uh, speaking of the team today, what are your expectations, right? We're talking like two days after the Alex to trade. How are you feeling about that? And the, the state of the team here heading into the off season. I it's, it's interesting. I, you know, <laughs> after the Debrinket insanity for, it felt like months. Um, I'm, I'm, Cautiously optimistic. I really want to see like Ridley Gregg. I want to see our, our young guys, Crooker, like really step up and take the opportunity that's kind of presenting itself. Cause I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen next, what uh, Pierre's going to get up to, but it'd be really cool to see within, within the organization. If we have some of these young guys really step in into some cool roles and like show up hard at training camp and that'd be, it'd be, I'm cautiously optimistic though. Is there a one prospect or young guy who you really want to see make a step forward this upcoming season? I want to see JBD really, really show up. I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of defensemen and like we have, if JBD really steps up, then we have a, like an indomitable defensive core. I think like if, if JBD is a dependable player and then we've got Branny and we've got, you know, our, our top four, like, it, it could be a, yeah, I'd love to see JBD really do it. 
Now, you mentioned that you'd like to see a lot of uh, internal players kind of fill in uh, spots for this roster. So let's say Pierre Dorian is done adding. No more additions. What we've got is what we've got. Do you think this team and this roster is enough to make playoffs this year? Um, that's a hard one because I, I have big questions about our, our injuries. Like Norris, yeah, like uh, – and like I put it out on Twitter – uh, a little while ago, like Forzy with with the double ACLs, like that's scary, man. Like, and and I think I feel like a lot of us are kind of expecting, yeah, he's just gonna step into his role again, right? But oh, yeah. I don't know, like Norris with his shoulder a couple times now, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, those are my question marks because I think if they if they are able to really step in, and and I'm saying it again, step in and play a, uh, their regular role, then then I think I think we'll we could probably make a run for second, third round playoffs. Hell yeah. But, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think the depth on this team is good. Obviously health, uh, it, it plays a major factor, but I would like to see maybe one more addition, uh, obviously uh, a forward of some type, but I, I'm not panicked right now. I'm not like the Sens need to announce the next thing. Like I, I think yeah. the bring a trade just happened. So I'm, I'm digesting that, but <laughs> What uh, recovering? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not even recovering that much. Good riddance to him. See you later yeah. if you don't want to be here. That's kind of how I feel, honestly. But we talked a bit about the forwards, talked about the defense, goaltending. How did you feel about the Jonas Corpusalo move? I'm interested. I want to get more fans' opinions on the Corpusalo move because it's uh, it. There's pros and cons to it, in my opinion. Totally. Um, to be yeah. honest, I didn't know anything about Jonas until until this playoff series between. Right. Uh, it was LA and Edmonton. Yep. And I was, I was impressed, but I mean, my opinion, like we've, we've heard you guys talk a lot about the idea of one, a one B, which is, yep. you know, if we get four Z back, that, that could be ideal. Um, we just signed, was it Mando today? Yep. We Kevin signed Mandalay, for just signed. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the options are there. It's just, you know, that question mark is more over Forzy because I think is Corpus Allo, is he has he shown consistent numbers through regular season or? So the thing with Corpus Allo, I think that that makes things really interesting and makes me buy in as a fan is that apparently he'd had uh, a bit of hip issues yeah. that had been lingering and he just played through it, played through it, played through it. And then last at the end of before this season, he went out and actually got like the proper surgery, had the four month recovery. And then just had the best year of his career. So was it getting hot at the right time? Or is he legitimately feeling better and just hitting his stride at 28 years old? So uh, I think it's a huge question mark with that term. It's a lot. But like, there's a chance for this to be a huge steal. And there's a chance where in two years we're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is Matt Murray, but with an extra year on the field, like yeah. he played more than than forty games in a single season. So that that's where I'm a little nervous. But Pierre Dorian, he loves winners, and uh, not only has he won before at the AHL level, but uh, Dan, he, his uh, goalie tandem when he won the Calder Cup was Anton Forsberg. So kind of oh, cool, Fred. That's yeah. right. Yeah, two of them okay, are sweet. together. So you know what? I'm buying in. Hashtag goalie friendly show. I got to buy in on that one. Yeah, we could use some like good voodoo with our goalies. That'd, it'd be nice <laughs> yeah. if it, you know, like <laughs> it, it'd be nice if it worked out and like he's Corpus is feeling good and he's healthy and he's, you know, training works out really well for next season. So I know I asked you like how you follow the team day to day, but like 
where does the passion come from that makes you stay with this team through all these lean years that they've had recently? Yeah. Part of it is I'm a homer, uh, definitely a homer. I get back to uh, the Ottawa Valley uh, just about annually. So whether it's touring or going back to visit my folks, um, I, de- I have to, like, admittedly, I was, I was you know, uh, l- not less of a fan, but I was a little bit more distant since like 2015. <laughs> it was like, cause, cause I moved out here and then after, you know, after 2013 or 2014 or so there was, it just felt like the heartbreaks were just starting to come at us. And, uh, I kind of, I, I allowed myself to get distant, which was, so I, you know, still had my Heatley Jersey and stuff like that in the, in the background and in my closets and stuff. And I'd make bets like when it was uh leaf sense for sure. Cause there's a crap load of Leafs, Leafs fans out here. Um, but then it wasn't until, uh, I, oddly enough, I got an Xbox and then got NHL 2022. And go. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this team's okay on paper, sort of. <laughs> yeah, as long as I sim through the first four seasons. Yeah, and then uh, and started following again. And then all the moves happened last summer. And I just, yeah. it was nice to kind of step back into it, really in stride. Especially, oh, you yeah. guys have been a big part of that. Yeah, it's it's a lot more. Uh, thank you for that. We appreciate that. It's a lot more fun being a Sense fan these days. That's for sure. Now you mentioned a Heatley jersey, so my final question for you, Dan, and I like doing this uh, as a final cue for most citizens is: Who will be the next Ottawa Senators jersey that you will purchase? And give me give me the uh, the jersey color as well. Ooh, um, I really liked the. I really liked the old O's. I'm, this is hard to okay. point. It's mirrored. Yeah, it's, the, the it's tricky. Eh? There, yeah, there you go. go. <laughs> you got it. That's good. Um, and so, like the black jersey with the O, um, oh. and I'd love to. Get, I'd love to get a Brady jersey, a Brady Kachuk jersey, and just with that iconic O. It the I've Brady guys, was on the O. That's an interesting one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'd, it'd be a unique jersey, right? And it'd yeah, be. Straight. I'd love to see it brought back for for their home jersey like the big black jersey okay. i really like that i do like that jersey but we worked so hard to get the 2d i want yeah. them. <laughs> just, keep, <laughs> just keep it for a decade i, I yeah. getting that in the mix the heritage like the o as the as the uh, third jersey especially we're talking about vancouver i was actually lucky enough to be at the outdoor indoor game where ottawa played in oh, vancouver sweet. and those like the cream ones were so sharp that yeah you love those they were super oh. sharp they got marked up pretty hard in the game, though, eh? That, that um, cream color. Well, yeah, they also get marked up when you spill beer on it. It's, that's uh, true. <laughs> it shows pretty good. So that, that's learned. Enough. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> for sure. But final question for me, Dan, is are you on tour now? What's the deal? If, if people want to find you, where, yeah. where can they watch your stuff? Yeah, my band will be on the road a little bit this summer. We're playing a couple of festivals in BC. Um, and then, so my band is called Kentucky Eileen. Um and it's, you know, kind of fun folk music. I'll be on the road. Uh, I'm playing a festival in Roslyn, BC, coming in this September. Cool. And then hopefully I'm getting on the road next year, heading back home to Ottawa and also taking the band back out to Ottawa last year. Last year we did a great, great national tour. It was really, really cool. And we played in, um, do you guys know Carp? Carp, Ontario? Yeah, yeah we oh, played yeah. my buddy's brewery, the, the Ridge Rock Brewery. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. On Canada Day, it was it was it was awesome. It was really cool. Wow. So we were hoping to do that this summer, but um, just working with our agent, we had some some issues. So we'll be doing a national run next year. Awesome. Well, we're going to be looking forward to following along. And in the meantime, on social media, we know your Twitter's fire and red hot, but you can also find Dan on Instagram, Dan Tate Music. Dan, appreciate you being a Send Central citizen. Thank you for supporting the show, and we look forward to having a beer with you in person one of these days. Sounds good. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Stick taps to Dan for joining us. Always love having the West Coast connection. I do feel, and we mentioned it in the interview, there are always so many Sens fans when the team plays out in Vancouver. And we hope that vibe continues with Seattle now in the league and that road trip. We have to make sure one of these years, Pilsy, we get that trip off the bucket list. Absolutely. Pilsy, you know who's not making any trips for the Senators next year? Trent Mann. Assistant GM is out. And I want to I want to approach it here. Let's just cover the rumors real quick. And then I want to ask you a more generalized question because the rumors came out and it was almost like a piling on right of people. It's like, no, but I know this. I know that because Bruce Garriott put out the article. He said the senators have parted ways with Trent Mann, which, by the way, came as a surprise to the senators. That article uh, was released. But when you look at the, the situation it seems like this had been boiling ever since Troy Mann was let go in February, a week after coming on this show, mind you. But Trent Mann didn't know that Troy Mann was being fired until after the firing took place. Obviously an awkward situation for him. Yeah. And Chris Stevenson puts out a tweet and says that he had been locked out of the CTC since February, which, I mean, was immediately refuted. There's photos of him at development camp. We saw him <laughs> at the entire center last week. So, like, yes, it's, it's a strange story because others have then confirmed being like he was not allowed in certain areas. And then we had other people, Pilsy, say that Trent Mann was at development camp at the Sensplex. Again, we saw him there, but was not with the management group. Like, he was kind of on his own. So, just a, a strange vibe all around this situation. Yeah, Ross, I I honestly have no clue what's going on with this story. Like this, like like you mentioned, we saw him there. So whether whether he snuck past security uh, or or what happened, I don't know. But he was there when we were uh, doing our dev camp day, and the whole thing just seems weird to me. Like I don't uh, I don't pretend to know one way or another how this shook down or kind of who's at fault or why these things are happening. But all I can say is I, I think Michael Landlauer is making it clear he's he's going to make some changes around here. And you know what? N- not that nothing against any of the people that were let go or fired or what have you, but this regime of the Ottawa Senators has had their time and no offense, not much success to show for it. So I don't blame him at all for being like, we're going to make some changes here. And do you think they're going to continue? Yes, I I do think we're going to see more. Uh, but Ross, rather than set, rather than subtraction, I'd like to see a major addition here. It is mind blowing that the Ottawa senators haven't had a president of hockey operations for this long. Like, are they, are they the only team that doesn't, there can't no. be that many. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of teams that do, and a lot of them. It's like it's when you think common. of Colorado, but it's almost like when you think of Colorado, you think of Joe Sackick, but he's not actually the GM. He's the president of hockey operations, and yes. we're seeing like that that style more and more. Well, same with Kyle Dubas in Pittsburgh, right? Like, 
Yeah, except I mean, I don't think he's hired a GM though. But yeah, he's definitely going to oversee. That's what I mean. Like he's yeah, the the president of hockey operations does a lot for most organizations, and this team just hasn't had one. I I think what we need to accept is it's going to be a slow burn. It's not going to be just like an explosion. Everybody's fired, and and here's my guys. I'm bringing them in. I think it's going to be over the course of maybe six to eight months. It might be all season. Yeah. And, and that's things that go on behind the scenes. It's not like he's going to come in like Ari Gold with a paintball gun and just be like, you're fired, bang, bang, bang. You're fired, bang, bang, bang. Like, I think there's got to be a process for him. But to me, where where I am drawing a bit of a conclusion with this, because we mentioned briefly in passing that president of business operations, Anthony LeBlanc, gave his resignation and basically like all-time move by Anthony LeBlanc to put his resignation in the Alex DeBrinkett news cycle of the trade. Like smart. nobody's talking about it. Very smart, savvy. Hey, business wise, very smart move. Yeah. So we appreciate that or not appreciate, it, but we noticed that from LeBlanc where it's like, Hey, he left on good terms. He said, but like the timing of it is just, it's almost enough where he probably got a hint because what I'm getting to is Michael Anlauer was boots on the ground at the CTC at development camp. You got to think these people had a bit of an inkling that change was coming. Maybe they wanted to get out ahead of it. It's probably easier to get another job in a different city during the off season versus yep. uh, during the year. Like that, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And that's without any inside information, but just the vibe of, of why it's happening right now. And then, Oh yeah, the new owner was just in town and I'm sure was having conversations with people. And I'm sure he's having a ton in his everyday life of who he wants to surround himself with to get this team to the best they can be. And, hey, Jason York, who obviously is really connected, his brother's one of the minority owners, um, Je- Jeff York with Farm Boy, he said on the Coming In Hot podcast that he, think the, he thinks the ink is going to be dry and that this is going to be Michael Anlauer's team in the next two to four weeks. So that's a bit of a sped-up process from what we thought being September. And I think the sooner the better. Get this guy in here. He's yeah. going to be the owner. We know it. Like, what's the holdup? Like, let's just exactly, get this show yeah. up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, like the sooner he can take control and start making his own decisions, the better, I, I think. And not that I wish ill of uh, anyone's job or I want people to lose their job, but, you know, you got to make changes sometimes and you especially need to make changes when you're not having success. And I, I truly believe some of the best franchises in this league, it's a trickle-down effect. You look at their, their owners – you look at the president of hockey operations, you look at the general managers, and when that kind of holy trinity is all respected people in the industry and they work cohesively together, you usually end up having a successful hockey team on the ice. So I'd like for the Ottawa Senators to get to that point someday. A successful hockey team on the ice? Sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, see any, right? final, any final thoughts on today's show? Yes, uh, actually, I do have final thoughts um, for for once. I feel like usually I just wing it, but uh, this time I'm actually locked and loaded, ready to go. The Belleville Senators released their schedule, and the home opener is going to be Saturday, October 21st at CAA Arena up against the Laval Rocket. Who else? Who else? Uh, And they start their season on the road up against the Hershey Bears uh, October 14th. So if you're in the Bay of Quinty area, show some some support for our guy, Coach Bell, and the rest of the Belleville Senators. Because I know I say this every single year, Ross, but I have faith in this Belleville Senators team. This year is different. And 
dare I say, I might even make a bold prediction about the Belleville Senators in our prediction episode that will come out later this summer. I was going to say, don't get ahead of yourself. Plenty of time to make bold statements as I, I feel like I should put my chair up a little bit. Uh, uh, check out the big brain on Ross after the Giroux prediction last summer. What do we have for an encore? What do we have? We'll have plenty of time to discuss that. But tomorrow on the show, Philip Nordberg and Oscar Pedersen. Hilarious. I really enjoyed this chat with them, and I hope you will too. But that's coming up tomorrow. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.